0: All right, that was tremendous. All the music was tremendous this morning. Thank you for being here and being with us on our Youth and Family Sunday. I hope you'll be with us uh, tonight as we, as we do some special things and, and, and um, split up and just some different topics related to family and different roles in the family and so forth. This morning, I wanna, I wanna uh, speak to us and encourage us uh, about a few things, but I do encourage you to be back tonight. If there is one thing people are really good at, it's making excuses. Right? Uh, Whenever we don't want (coughs) to do something, we can make excuses about it. You know, I looked up a list of some of the most common excuses. A lack of motivation. Lack of motivation, a better word for that would be laziness. Okay? We just don't want to do it. Um, Lack of resources. Sometimes that's true. It's too difficult. I'm overwhelmed. Here's one, fear of failure or criticism. That's interesting, because you don't accomplish anything unless you try. Unforeseen circumstances. Sometimes we're just tired. Sometimes we just procrastinate. But I have found, (coughs) I'm sure you have, that the good stuff in life comes after difficulties, and you decide to stick it out. I read this incredible story a while ago, and I saved it. Was a man named Jio Gantang from China. When his son was two, his son was kidnapped by human traffickers. He decided that he was going to find his son, no matter how long it took. He literally spent—he uh, literally spent every penny he had traveling all throughout China, trying to find his son, showing pictures. Years passed by. Uh, he, he tells a story about how, how as he was traveling on motorbikes or whatever, he got in accidents, he broke bones, he, he, had all, he was robbed several times, he slept under bridges, uh, he ran out of money and begged people to give him money so he could continue on his journey. But after 24 years, he found his son. His son was 26 years old. That man went through a lot of difficulties. That man suffered a lot, but I guarantee you after that 24 years when he found his son, he forgot about all the, all the nonsense because it was worth not quitting. The ability to keep going when you want to quit is what I want us to see this morning. <coughs> In chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, Paul is describing the battles he faced as he, he served God and he went about uh, <coughs> preaching the gospel and trying to fulfill God's purpose in his life. And he had all kinds of struggles. Of course, we all have the same struggles he had, self, right? When things get difficult, we start to question ourselves if we can make it through, if we can, we can finish it up, and if we can continue going forward. He had the, the outward struggles of sight. It says in the beginning of the chapter that, that people were blinded to what he was trying to tell them about the gospel and about Jesus Christ. Satan also fought against him. And then as we got to the verses, as we get to the verses we read, the, some, of the, some of the suffering that he had to go through. If you read through it, what Paul went through, um, there was enough there for anybody to want to back up or to quit what they were doing. It looked like he was floundering. He could have felt like he was losing ground and he was not gaining. But when we get to the verses that we read, he starts getting to the positives. He starts looking past all that he had to go through, and he's looking forward to the difference that he can make. Paul knew that temporary setbacks would soon be replaced by eternal victories, if he would just stick it out. But the victories that he would have and would eventually experience, he would not have had, had he not de- had the determination to keep going when things weren't going very well. And all of us have these kind of issues in times in our life. We face things and we come to a point as to where, to where are we going to keep going? Are we going to keep putting the effort in, or are we going to back away? Are we going to back out? In the Christian life, it is true that we learn more during difficult times than we do during good times. If you, if the you, uh, Bible calls those trials, tests. If you go to school anywhere, I guarantee if your teacher said, all you got to do to get a good grade is just listen. You're not going to be quizzed. And as long as I think you're listening in class, I'm going to give you an A. Can I just tell you something? None of you would study. You're like, I would, you know, you'd probably, you know, triple triple shot of espresso. Just make sure you're tuned in because you don't have to study. But we know when something's coming we got to deal with, we're more in tune to what's going on around us. And that's what happens when we go through difficult times. Understand this, because we're saved, we're on the winning side, but sometimes the situations around us can can cause us to think, are we really on the winning side? By the way, you're God's child, the only way you are going to end up on the losing side is if you choose to go to the losing side. When difficulties arise, we start to view serving God as a burden, and when we do that we end up only doing what is required bare minimum required of us or we stop doing what we're supposed to do at all because we feel like things are not, we're not in control. In this chapter there's two phrases that Paul uses. We read it in the scriptures Dan read but also in verse 1 here it is. We faint not. Paul said, we're having difficulties, we're having problems, I'm having problems, but I am not quitting. Here's the point for all of us. There will be times in life when we, will want to e- when we will want to either give up or scale back on what we're doing because of the difficulties or situations, but it's never a good idea. The best idea is just to always faint not, to always keep going. So this morning, in the few minutes we have, I know the service is a little bit longer, and I won't be as long, and I'm not long anyhow. There are six truths we need to give serious consideration to. If we are to be like Paul and to keep going, when would it, would, would it would seem more appealing sometimes to back up or to stop. Here are, these, here are these things we have to think about. The first thing we need to think about is the fact that we do have combatants. That's life. I'm sorry that our society is trying to make it to where the first time that we face any opposition, we start crying foul and we start, we start quitting. We start acting like snowflakes. We start acting like, like life. is I can't handle life. That's just life. Okay? And by the way, when we make that, this is family in, in, in Sunday, so I'll throw this one in there. When you make it too easy for your children, and every time they whine about something, you're not helping them. Okay, you're not. Well, you know, this, te- it, it, this my teacher's just too mean, and, and, and that's why I'm not passing, but yet everybody else in the class is. Okay, they, they just, look, one of these days, they're gonna get something that's even worse than a teacher, and teachers aren't bad. They're gonna get a boss or a spouse. No, just kidding about that one. <laughs> they're gonna get a boss. Okay, let, let, come on now. By the way, we need to be pushed. We don't need to, we don't need to be coddled. When I was in high school, the few classes that I went to before I I quit before they could fire me, the few classes, they put me in this class for people that didn't want to go to school. It was called Sun. It was a two-period class. We literally did, Doug, whatever we wanted. We would vote. What do you guys want to do for class this semester? And at one time we did film analysis. We watched movies. And then we're like, hey, can you play it backwards? It'd be cooler that way. But we had one class with a guy named Neil. Neil was super chill. He sat on the couch. He drank coffee and donuts. Most of the girls sat with him. I always was jealous about that. But, uh, and um, he would, he, we didn't do anything. And, and, he, and, and, and a couple times he gave us assignments, and I never turned them in because I didn't care. And I remember one time, I'm like, I'm going to ask him about that. And I went in, I went after class, I said, you know, Neil, uh, that's what he, I wasn't being disrespectful, that's what he wanted us to call him. I said, you know, Neil, I never turn my assignments in, and I've noticed when I don't turn them in, you're not like the other teachers, you don't say anything. And he goes, you know, Steve, I don't want to let the fact that you don't turn your, your notes in determine how I feel about you. I still like you. I'm like, well, that's cool, but I'm getting an F. Now, it wasn't his fault, it was mine. It wouldn't have hurt him. I mean, he would have been well within his rights to give me accountability. But see, we're, we're in this age where we don't want it. We face troubles and we start to fold up like a cheap tent. Look what Paul, look what Paul said he faced. Look at verse 8. He said, we are troubled on every t- side. The word trouble means afflicted. Paul said everywhere we go, uh, it just seems like trouble's waiting for us. And if you know the life of Paul, that's true. He says in verse 8, We are perplexed. Perplexed means to be in doubt at a loss. You ever had that? Something happens and it's like, I'm starting to doubt myself and I just have no clue what to do. He said in verse nine, persecuted. That means to be pursued in a hostile manner. And if you know anything about Paul, he was constantly, constantly hounded by his enemies and beaten. He said that he was cast down. That means to be thrown down. Now, not physically, although he was thrown down physically, but everything seemed to push him down. He said in verse 9, he was bearing about in his body the dying of the Lord Jesus. To, be, to bearing about in the body means to carry with you to transport. He said that, that that was just always on him, like the death of Christ. This is on my back. This is just something I have to bear. Paul had all these situations in life, and yet Paul kept going. But can I tell you why? Because it was all about what Paul chose to put his focus on what about us see many people if we're not careful we like to revel in our problems that's all we see right and I'm not uh, and and let me say this I I don't want to come across like uh, uh, we all have problems and I'm not discounting our problems don't get me wrong but we're all going to have them and if our focus is totally only on our problems, we don't see anything else, and our problems are worse. And they're going to cause us to give in. But I like Paul, right off the back, Paul showed us in these verses, although he mentioned his problems, he mentioned that that's not his focus. He said, "We are troubled on every side." And then he mentions, "Yet not distressed." See, he didn't let the, the problems he was facing distress him. He still kept going. He said, We are perplexed, but not in despair. He said, oh, I don't know what to do. Sometimes we come to the end of ourselves, but, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to be in, in despair. He said, We are persecuted. The world may have been after him because of what he was doing. He says, But we're not forsaken. He didn't let the problems he have cause him to think that God quit on him. Because let me, let, let, let me say this God never quits on you. He said, we're cast down but not destroyed. And by the way, he was stoned, he was beaten. He went through a lot, but he goes, I'm not destroyed. Paul says this in verse 10. He says, "He says, I'm bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. The, the, the death of Christ, that's, that's that burden I'm carrying. It seems like he says, but here's why. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. He says, I'm willing to take that because that is a a picture to everybody about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm willing to turn that negative into a positive. So let me say this. All of us are going to have combatants in our life. It's just a part of life. And it's just what are we going to focus on? Well, why don't we focus on some of these other things we need to give consideration to? Yes, we have combatants. But number two, we have Christ. Look at verse 14. Paul said, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus. See, when you have problems, if you remember that Jesus Christ is still with you, you will do much better. Because if our focus is only on our problems, we don't focus on God, we don't focus on Christ, we don't focus on his purpose in our life, and everything's worse, and, and, and nothing's ever going to get better, and we get discouraged, and we get down, and we get in despair. Paul never let that happen. And by the way, Paul had problems you and I will never have. I'm just telling you, he did. And I'm again, I'm not discounting our problems. I'm not trying to do that. But I'm saying, if anybody had a right to struggle and have problems, it would have been Paul. And Paul's like, well, we have Christ. I mean, the same God that raised up Christ, we're gonna be raised up as well. We have a plan, that's why. God has a plan for our life. Now, the thing about God's plan in our life and God's plan for Paul's life is it went through some difficulties. And so we have to understand that sometimes in God's plan for us, We don't like the details, right? But we need the details. Now, men, we don't like instructions, especially when they come from your spouse. But no, we don't like, we're building, that was just a joke, calm down. Uh, But we're building something and we, we pull it out and they have this instruction manual. It's like, what a waste of time to read that thing. I mean, how hard can it be to put this together? There's only 500 parts. Okay, I can do this. How many men are you with me? And you realize, once the thing is a total train wreck, that I might need to look at that thing. And you know what it always says at the top? Please completely read the instructions before assembling. And it's like, that's where my problem was. We don't like it, but you know, those details are kind of important. You look at this product, and it's just a bunch of disconjointed pieces, but if you put put it together correctly, something good happens. My wife told me when, my wife told me one time at Christmas time she got a bike when she was a kid. Now this is her family wasn't Christian and so some of the relatives were over the house having a good time. good time. Well they thought it was a good time. So one of the uncles who was really feeling good decided to put the bike together for her. He was in no frame of mind to put it together. My wife said when he was done the wheel was backwards. He said it was so messed up that the thing never could be fixed. Okay? Details are important. Like, you like to cook? You know, any of those ingredients? If, 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 you know, flour eaten by itself is not really good. You know, butter by itself is not real good. But you take all those individual ingredients and you put them together and you do it the right way, something really good comes out of that. Biscuits. And there's only one thing that makes biscuits even better. Bring it on. Let's go. Gravy. By the way, gravy is like bacon. It's magic. It makes everything better. I'm just telling you. So that's in the Bible somewhere. I'm looking for it. But God has a plan. And God's plan only works if you follow it. You know, we usually don't want to follow it. We want to see each little individual component and do our own thing when that that p- component is only important if it's added to the other things God is bringing in your life, right? You play chess. When I was in fifth grade, our teacher, she got us into chess, and we would come to school and play early, and we were all real good. But I quit playing after fifth grade. A couple years ago, we were on vacation, and my, uh, Ryan wanted to play. Like, I'll play chess. And I hadn't played in years. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to play the mental game. I'm like, you know, I'll just make a few moves. Five moves in, Ryan uttered those two words maybe one word checkmate I'm like we just started literally 2 minutes and I'm like he's right I'm dead because I don't I was just making some moves but he's like I make this move because you can do that and then you do this and then you do that and I embarrass my father-in-law and that's why I told my daughter why are you marrying this guy just kidding we have to have a plan okay if we don't know, and this is important, we'll move on. If we don't know his plan, then we are going to be limited in our responses. Do you know where God's plan comes from? The word of God. That's, that's it right there. See, the more we know of God's word, when things come our way, the more we're going to fit all the pieces together. But if we only have limited knowledge, the amount of things we'll do that are right will be a problem and so we have Christ and we have to trust him and and follow his plan but you know what else we have we also have Christians look at verse 15 look what Paul said <clears throat> for all things are for the next two word your sakes <clears throat> that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God see Paul didn't see it strictly from how it affected him Paul saw it through how God could use this in this life and strengthen him and he could still be a blessing and help other people. The problem with us is we see everything from our own perspective, only how it affects us and nobody lives their life unto themselves. Nobody does. That's not how it works. By the way, you get married, I'll just throw this in, it's Family Sunday. Your your life isn't about you right now, it's about your spouse. Yeah. Well, you know, I just need my this, that, or other. No, you got married. Man up. Or if you're a woman, woman up. I don't even know if that's a word. Well, I just want to go hang with my single friends. I got a wife now, and I have single friends, but I'm hanging with my wife. I have children now. It's time for me to grow up, quit playing games, and spend time with my family. Okay, that's just responsibility. My, look, if I go and my life becomes a train wreck, that does, well, you know what? I'm going to pay the price. You know I am. But you know the, the uh, unintended consequences, the shrapnel, that's going to affect my wife. That's going to affect my children. You say, well, <clears throat> that's just how it is. No, it isn't. I took that responsibility on. When I'm a Christian now, I, I, I want to live my life in such a way that, that <coughs> I can be a blessing to others. I don't want to just see my life from my own perspective. Okay? And, and, and God uses that. And God can use the things in your life to be a blessing to others. You say, I'm just not imp- that important. Do you know everybody's important? You look at an athletic team. We think only of that. They have that superstar player they're going to win. Doesn't always happen. You know why? You've got to have role players you got to have guys that aren't superstars that are willing to do their job and be a part of the team. We're all important here, people. God, God wants to use each and every one of us to be an encouragement to somebody else. And sometimes, and we don't like it, the path to that encouragement can be difficult. And I get that. I know people, they've had to go through things I wish they would not have had to go through. Sometimes it's other people that have brought that into their life. But let me just tell you something, God can use that. God can still use you. God, God, you can be an encouragement. See, you know, sometimes someone comes and says, Pastor, I'm going through this, and I can say, I can't, and, and I've not went through that situation, so I can't say, I know how you feel. But you go, you sometimes go through unique situations. And someone, will, God will just bring people your way, they're going through the same situation. You're like, you know what? know what? I know what you're going through. So you gotta see the bigger plan there. What you're going through isn't just about you. It's about how you can use that to help others, and also he mentions at the end, that brings glory to God. Fourthly, another consideration, we must have commitment. Look at at verse 16. It's also in verse 1, this phrase. He goes, for which cause we faint not. He says, Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He's looking at this from a spiritual standpoint. And because of that, he makes a commitment. He just says, we faint not. We're not quitting. We're not going to let this get to us. Hey, it would be really nice if some of us just had some spiritual grit in our crawl. If some of us just said, you know what, I don't care. This is killing me. It's crooked. I'm going to fix that later. But um, I, I'm not going to faint because of that. But if we would just say, you know what, I'm not quitting. I don't care what happens. I'm in 100%. By the way, when you're in 100%, when bad things come, you don't look for a back door. Right? When we're halfway in, it's like, it's getting a little difficult, you know. Maybe I ought to just step out. But when you're all in, a problem comes, you're like, man, there's a problem. What can I do to get through this? What are we going to do to fix this thing? It's all a matter of commitment because he realized it. It is true. Our man perishes. We get tired of things. I know. I know. It's like, man, I'm just, you know, you feel like Job. Here comes the guys. Hey, you lost, you lost all your cattle. And Job's listening to that and it says, and there came another. Hey, you lost all your servants. Everything's blown apart. And here comes another. You lost your family. It's like, is this ever going to end? I get it. I understand that. But what does he say yet the inward man is renewed day by day when we make that commitment to God and we're we're committed to go forward and not let things stop us God renews us on the inside they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength but if we don't wait upon God we give up on God we lose that in our life we've got to be committed it's called a <coughs> second wind you ever run, it's like you're running, you get tired. I don't do a lot of back in the day. You, you get tired, and then there's something kicks in towards the end, right? It's like, man, I got a little burst of energy, second wind. But you don't get the second wind if you quit when you lose the first wind, okay? You got to keep going. Be committed. Number five, <coughs> we have comparison. Look at verse 17. He says, for our light affliction... Now, I don't know about you. I read the things Paul has went through. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not light affliction. Paul went through a lot. But look what he says. And by the way, the Christians back then, they were not popular. It was it, they, were, they were scattered from Jerusalem, and they were, they were hunted down, and the religious leaders didn't like them. The Romans didn't like them. And he says, for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Notice the comparison there? Our, conf- our, our afflictions are light, but, our, but our, wa- our, wa- our weight of glory, that's heavy. The reward is much heavier than the afflictions are. Now, how can Paul take things that are not light in reality and say it's a light affliction? Because he compares it with eternity. He said, compared to eternity in this short time we're down here, it's really not that big a thing. Right? Paul says, one day, when I die, he says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He said, I love to live, but I'm living for Christ. But boy, when I die, it's better. It's better. We have to have that mindset. We have to have the mindset that the eternal is far better than the temporal. And I'm not saying, sometimes people go through such horrific and painful things and I feel for them, but I do, it's not just, it's not just a a spiritual gobbledygook when someone says, you know, eternity is better. Sometimes that's what we got to hang our hat on. And it's not just some pie in the sky. Well, you Christians just believe in pie in the sky. Well, I like pie, especially shepherd's pie. Mm. Okay. I like it. Well, you need a crutch. Well, you know what? If your ankle's turned, a crutch works really well for you. Okay, I need it. I don't know about you. You can, you can try to man up like that, but I need God's help. I'm sorry. And I want to know that what's going on down here isn't just something going on down here, but there's something far better up there. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. What these people went through in the dark ages for simply owning a Bible, for simply going to church, For simply believing in Christ, they were martyred and they gladly gave their lives. You know why? Because they weren't focused on down here. They were focused on up there. And that's what we need to do as well. We haven't so, and I'm not banging on us, it's just that we haven't had to go through that, right? We had a pastor come here one time and he preached and he said, you know, we're going to be kind of embarrassed when we get to heaven. Could you imagine? We're going to get to heaven, and we meet up with some of these martyrs that were burned at the stake. Like, they come, you know, we go, wow, how did you get here? And they're like, you know, I, I, I owned a Bible, and they burned me at the stake. And then he'll look at us and say, how'd you get here? And we're going to say, cholesterol? I mean, and I'm not putting us down. We don't have to go through that. But, but they went through a lot, and they did it willingly. Because of Christ. And then lastly, we have a compass. We have a compass. Verse 18. It's what we look towards. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. <clears throat> For the things which are seen are temporal. And the things which are not seen are eternal. What's the point here? Our focus needs to be on eternity. Yes, we have responsibilities to take care of here. Yes, we have things we have to deal with here. But our true focus, our compass, compass always points north. You know where our compass always on a point? Towards the eternal. Yep. Because it's only the eternal that makes sense of the temporary. It's only the eternal that gives us the strength to get through the temporary. I would be I would beyond discouraged if I thought that all there was to this world is what's in this world. I would be beyond be beyond discouraged. Thing, you, I've been here. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't hide how I feel about the nonsense going on in our society. And it's not politics. It's morality. The way they're going after our children. That if, if I didn't understand that there was an eternal aspect to everything we're doing, I'd be so down. But you know what? There's an eternal aspect. There's a God who's in control. I'm not in control. That's a good thing. There'd be a lot of heaps of ashes somewhere that used to be people. Okay. I'm not God. God deals with that. And I want to see everything from an eternal perspective. I may not like it. I may not understand it. I might want to just back out and say I'm done with it. But I can look to a heaven and say, you know what? There's a God that wants me to keep going. And God wants us to keep going as well. All of us are going to hit a point in the road in our life when we're going to have opportunities to quit. And by the way, some of them are real. They are. But some of them are also imagined. But what keeps us going? What are we focusing on? We have to value and focus on the eternal over the temporal. And that will get us through those tough times. And when we get to the end of the tough times, you know, it's like, I'm so glad I stuck it out. God used that. Let's bow our head and close our eyes for a minute if we may. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a minute. Many of us in here, I'm sure if there's some of us in here, we're going through some things. You know, sometimes I hear the things people go through, and it's like, man, I wish I could just change it, that they don't have to go through that. But you know what? God has a plan for that. God can use that. But don't quit. By the way, sometimes the the commitment we need to make to stick with it and not quit needs to be made before the problems come. I know this quitting is never the answer to work it out and go through it and get to the end and see what God has and see God work. Maybe you say, "Man, I I don't see God working in my life." Could it be because we're not willing to go through the tough times? We're not willing to go through the trials? It's 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 easy to see God work when things are going well, but God works even to a greater extent during those difficult times. What does he tell us? My strength is made made my strength is I forget the word there but it's stronger in his weakness in our weakness Maybe you're here this morning and it's hard to focus on the attempt, the eternal if you're not one of God's children What do I mean? What do you mean by that, pastor? Here's what I mean. Are you 100% for sure that if you were to die today you'd go to heaven or do you have some doubt? Because the Bible is very explicit. We can know for sure. If you would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not 100% for sure if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. But that's something I'd like to know. Pastor, would you pray for me? With nobody looking around, if you just quickly shoot your hand up, I'll pray for you. Anybody at all? Yes, right here. Let's stand together. If God spoke to you at all, God spoke to you at all. Why don't you come? Say, Pastor, have you ever wanted to to quit? Yes. Yes, I have. There's been times it's like, man, is this even worth it? But that's just the flesh. I'm glad I've stuck it out.